¿Cómo están? We are so excited. We are now entering season two. So it's been a whole first season of chisme, cafecito caliente, uh, sorayas y sorayos of all the villains and everything in between. Here talking with me, amiga Rita Casaverde. You Hello. are listening to... Yesenia Echevarria, and we are Chicas Políticas. We are two chicas heavily involved in our local politics here in San Luis Obispo County. But what we're seeing here is not limited to just San Luis Obispo County. We're seeing all, all of this hot topics and hot issues happening all over California, all over the country. So what do you think, Lita? We're entering season two. What does this mean to you? I'm so excited. I've really been looking forward to coming back and recording more episodes. And I'm really excited for what's to come. So um, there's a lot going on. It, we probably won't be able to go into everything that has happened since our last episode in December. But um, yeah, we'll we'll break it down in a couple of episodes. We'll go into it a little bit today. But yeah, really excited. There's just so much going on here in a little county in Central Coast, California. Yes. And now it's February. I know we took the month of January off and I think it's important that I keep telling myself every single year that I'm going to slow down and be present. But I think for the first time in my life, I'm really feeling this sense of desire to really take in wins and take in lessons Mm -hmm. and to just be more intentional with my time and energy to be more uh, intentional with being tactful with with how we need to move around in, the, in our communities of making sure that we are healing, to make sure that we celebrate, to make sure that we are being, que, que nuestros dos pies estén arriba de, de la tierra, and to make sure that, as especially for me, and I know I can echo this with you as well, especially as Latinas, that we are moving forward our community as well as our brothers and sisters in our BIPOC queer experience. Yeah, and I think that's a that's really great to hear from you, Yesenia, because I know you do so much for the community. Um, and I hope that that also is something that other people um, from the BIPOC community, um, uh, that other people are following, because it's so important to make sure that we are saving our energy for where we are needed, because there's just so much happening that sometimes it's really easy to get drained. Um, so being intentional, yeah, for sure, you know, and life only gets more complicated in this year. So we have to organize our life for sure. So really, that's really, that's really good to hear. And I, I felt bad with you. So I'm really happy for you. Yes. So yeah. it's February and it's Black History Month. And yeah. Black History Month should be every, every single day. So I hope yes. everyone celebrates beyond the month of February. And, you know, we're living in such trying times, right? We're Mm -hmm. living in in a time where really, I feel like there's been a lot of wins for the black community. And I've always said this, that uh, when, when black phones, when black folks win, we all win. And when I say we, that's Latinx, Asian folk, white folk, we all win. Yeah. And, and for you, Rita, what is what does this Black History Month mean to you? Because I feel like for the first time in a very long time, I feel like Black History Month is means more to me now. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think there, um, the last couple of years, at least for me, I've been able to recognize more, um, uh, or black community, right. And how intertwined they are, um, with the community that I thought I saw, I used to see as Latinos, you know, a lot of people consider Latinos just Brown people, but no, we have black folks in our Latino community. Um, there's very good groups doing the, the needed work to highlight that. And so when we talk about Black History Month, we're not just talking about African-Americans. Uh, we're talking about um, Black people all over and the celebration of their, their contributions. And I grew up in a neighborhood that was pretty segregated, if you can imagine, in, in South America and Peru. And um we had this neighborhood where the top part of the neighborhood was mainly people from the Andes, like my family, white people. And then the bottom part of the neighborhood was uh, black people that had been moved from a different uh, city into our neighborhood. And it was very, very segregated type of uh, community. Um, and there, were, there was racism, just like there is here in the US. Um, but I had so many good friends that, um, I, I can, I can remember now that obviously still live in Peru and don't, I, I don't get to see on a daily basis, but it's a good reminder to, to just see all the contributions that they brought, not only back then to my neighborhood, but overall to our community, um, and here to our communities here in the U S as well. So it's a good I think a good month to spend the time and, and think of our friends that are doing the work. I want to give a huge shout out to Courtney Hale. Uh, she's executive director of Race Matters. Um, she Her birthday was just a couple of weeks ago and she raised more than $3,000 uh, on her birthday for Race Matters. And uh, so the community is there showing up for her because she's showing up for us. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that Black History Month is not this... Um, far away concept it's here right it's in our communities it's the it's the people doing the work it's our neighbors our friends um it's in our past it's in our future it's our present so i uh, just highlighting the work that um our black friends and and neighbors are doing and the, their contributions i think it's really important so if you have someone that you know that is doing the work i give them a shout out um check on them celebrate them this month and I recommend everyone to check out Race Matters Slow uh, uh, website and uh, social media pages and check out their content because they have really good stuff sharing this month. Yeah, and I definitely would also encourage folks to support their local Black Student Union. I know mm -hmm. the Black Student Union, BSU, and, and Paso Robles, they've been doing tremendous things. It's, it's really exciting wow. to see so many young young students, young people get involved and speak up and take ownership of their communities. And I definitely think uh, one of my philosophies is you starting your own backyard. So if you really feel yeah. like this concept of Black Lives Matter or Black Voices, Black Empowerment, it's hard for you, start in your own local community. Just as Rita said, Courtney has been tremendous. You know, she's been such mm -hmm. an inspiration and, and so supportive to so many other folks. So start in your own backyard and, and be that ally. If you see something, uh, speak speak up. If you feel, if you see someone struggling, uh, a black person, speak up, support them. Uh, 
you know, to tell them, do you need me to walk you to your car? Text me when you get home. You know, we, we need to, people need to feel seen and supported. Let's not wait till something happens for us to, to show support. Let's do that yeah. now and be in solidarity today and every day. Yeah, I'm very hopeful for the spaces that uh, especially young Black people are creating and just how um, the, the, the way we see Black History Month has evolved. So I'm really excited for um, Black History Month and for the following Black History Months, um, the following years. But like Yusini said, every day should be Black History Month. Um, that said, there are not great things happening still, though some people could see it as wins, but um, I know there's a case that we're just getting update today, Yesenia, I don't know if you can talk about it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. So today was, uh, I, I would say it's a huge win. Um, and the, the jury found in uh, Ahmed Aubrey's uh, case, three men were found guilty under federal hate crimes. And some of you may recall this incident of um, Aubrey running through a neighborhood. He was a runner. This is something he did. Mm -hmm. And there was a citizen's arrest, which is basically as, as, a, as a citizen, you if you see a danger, you can take it upon your own hands to do a citizen's arrest. So you can hold someone and say, okay, I, I feel like this, this is a threat or they did this. Uh, and that's what happened with Aubrey. He was chased by three men and kidnapped and the crazy part, Rita, is that for 74 days, okay, uh, Afmi had been killed, no justice, no media, no warrants out to these three men to know, okay, what happened? Uh, fast forward to today, uh, these three men are now charged with federal hate crimes on top of mm -hmm. everything else that they had been charged with, right? Now it's this hate crime. So I think this is a huge testament that, look, you, you may think you're not racist. You may want to take the race card out of it, right? Yeah. But we have laws that will hold accountability. And that's exactly what happened today. The accountability was, was race a motive for the killing of this young man that should be alive mm -hmm. today? Mm -hmm. And that was a big Yes, this was racially motivated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I remembered um, that you know these men were saying, "No, we we were just trying to you know uh, capture someone that we thought had gone into a house uh, illegally." And uh, but you don't you don't shoot someone like that. You don't you don't do that. And I think a lot of people saw through it, and luckily. Um, there were protests, there were rallies, and if it wasn't for all the pressure from the public, I don't think we would be at this point right now. And it, or justice system is is not, it's nowhere near perfect. It's not even a just system, in my opinion. I mean, it has failed the family of Ahmad Arbery so many times during the process. Uh, we listened a little bit ago to his mom saying how the State Department had. Um, offered a plea deal to these three men just last month so you know it's already painful enough to lose your son now you have to go through this painful process that at it at every level is um betraying you and not giving you the justice that you deserve uh, obviously justice would be to have a mod still with us but 
you know, hearing this and, and having it as a precedent of a hate crime and, and keeping accountable, like you said, the people um, for their behaviors or previous words or previous social media um, posts. Um, I think that's a, that's a start. And hopefully um, it sends a message that it's not just a you thing that you're racist or not. Um, it's, it's the fact that someone else will judge you for it. So um, it, I think it's a, a step forward. Uh, but definitely feeling really uh, bad for what the family has had to go through even after losing their son. Right. And, you know, it doesn't stop here. I know that people, folks felt the district attorney, the district attorney role was not, was not right as well, right? There was a lot of loopholes, a lot of things that were overseen, not done correctly. And once again, it just comes to show when you hold accountability and and there's mm-hmm. this big giant and you're consistently going for it. Look, justice can be served. And to me, I feel like this is a huge win for, for everyone saying Black Lives Matter. And you know, when we say Black Lives Matter, this is what we're talking about, just having justice, right? So this is not just about Aubrey. This is about so many other names that never made it to this point, yeah. right? So so, so um, definitely the work continues. Yeah. And just a reminder that the people that are involved in this process are people that a lot of times have been elected by us in um, just regular elections, right? Like the district attorney is a someone that's on the ballot, the judges. Um, and so let's keep in mind that we have power over who is part of our justice system. Um, you know, the sheriff, the, the DA, the, um, the, the supervisor, the city officials, et cetera. So um, a reminder to vote. And with that, uh, should we go into redistricting? Yes, let's do it. Yeah, so <laughs> 2021 was a year of redistricting for the entire country. And um, we went through it as well here in San Luis Obispo County, at the county level, at the city level, school board level, et cetera. Um, and we've been talking about what was happening in San Luis Obispo County. As we told you last year, if you listen to our episodes, we were talking about the fact that the current Republican majority, the three Republicans out of five um, that are at the county board supervisors decided to vote um, really against public opinion, expert opinion for sure, um, to go with a map that was highly partisan and that benefited their Republican majority, obviously. Um, They didn't have an independent commission or um, did they have an independent group of people making the, the decisions over what map we were going to adopt? So the board decided uh, with the three to two vote to go with a highly partisan uh, map. And so since then, uh, that happened in December, mid-December, I think it was December 14th. Since then, a group, a nonpartisan group uh, or bipartisan group was formed here in San Luis Obispo County called Slow County Citizens for Good Government. And very quickly, within a couple of weeks, they were able to raise $300,000 and they continue Rita, raising money. Repeat that part again. <laughs> like, if, if we all need to realize, look, yeah. this is possible. 
Yeah. So repeat again, just in case someone miss it. <laughs> yeah. So within a couple of weeks, a group uh, of made up of uh, Republicans, Democrats, Independents came together. And as a response to the board choosing this highly partisan map, uh, they formed an organization called San Obispo County Citizens for Good Government and were able to raise with individual contributions more than $300,000. And they were able to raise this money because they were getting ready to file a lawsuit against the county uh, because like myself, um, they think that the map is unfair and it does not give fair representation to citizens of San Luis Obispo County. There's about 100,000, I believe, uh, citizens that would be affected by this map. Um, a lot of them would not be able to vote when they were meant to vote this year. A lot of them are able to vote this year when they were not able, they shouldn't be able to vote until two years from now. There are a lot of communities that have been separated by mountain ranges um, or, or that the communities that were separated by mountain ranges are now being put together. Communities that are next to each other have been separated into different districts. All of it just to make, to take away power from Democratic voters and give more power to Republican voters. Um, the county says that they, the county board, the Republican majority says that they didn't make any decision based on uh, partisan data. Uh, they, one of them is actually your supervisor, Yesenia, owns a consulting company, uh, a political consulting company, where their job is to look at partisan data to give, you know, advice to candidates and, and political groups. Um, the other county supervisor, the other Republican, has an entire team helping her, you know, win her re-election a couple of months from now. There's absolutely no way they don't know the partisan makeup of this map and the, the partisan <laughs> data behind it. Um, but they they lie straight up to our faces and they say that they didn't know. So now what they're dealing with is with the lawsuit. Uh, not great news. Um they, this group, Slow County Citizens for Good Government, or we call it Citizens for Good Government, um, they file a lawsuit and they try to get a preliminary injunction uh, this month, which pretty much, from what I understand, I'm no legal expert, but from what I understand, it says, hey, there is very highly chance that a lot of citizens are going to be harmed by this map that was adopted. So we need the judge to take very immediate action to stop the harm. Um, it's not common that this is given. And the judge, the local judge said, no, I cannot give it to you. It was a quick hearing. Um, she made that decision, but she did say that based on the merits of the lawsuit, based on what was presented, they would probably prevail in a, in a a regular process um, lawsuit. That's pretty much what we understand, what I understand. And Rita, I think for clarification, I think it's my understanding. And if, if I'm incorrect, please correct me. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically, because this is still an ongoing process, yes. uh, the, the election, given those maps will go through this time around, but found if, if there is violations on these district maps, then mm -hmm. there would be a second election accordingly to these new maps that are more just. Or well, do you have info on that? 
Yeah, so that that's a uh, that's really now what what's coming. Now that that preliminary injunction was uh, rejected by the local judge, the process just continues its regular process. Um, the problem is that the next elections uh, are on June seventh, so only about a hundred days until the elections. And so, what the preliminary injunction wanted to do was to avoid using this new map in that June election, but because the pre- preliminary injunction was rejected, now we do have to use this new map, which disenfranchises a lot of people in our county. Uh, but the county clerk recorder who or the, elect, the election office um, only has about 100 days to get everything done for the election. So they have to um, send the ballots. They have to, that's probably the last step, honestly, but they have to uh, set up the maps, make them official. They have to inform voters. They have to um open the filing window for candidates to run depending on the new districts and uh, all of that takes a lot of time so the county clerk recorder said i need to know what map i'm going to use the judge said you're going to use the old map for now um and but if the the regular process continues and let's say there the the court finds that yes there was harm uh, this map is not uh, fair to citizens, which I strongly believe it's not. Um, then there's different possibilities on what the judge could rule. They could rule for a different map to be used. There were other maps that were um, more fair were presented, or they could ask the county board to redo the entire process, which is, it, it only took a couple months. Um, it would take probably less time now that we've done a lot of the work. Um but it would it could potentially go back to the county board. Now, this is where it gets interesting. This June, we decide if we uh, what board supervisors we're gonna have. So we currently have a Republican majority. This June, we could have a Democratic majority. This Democratic majority would not if this is like if all everything happens, right? If, if we all come out and vote, if we all come out support these campaigns, if we all get involved today um, in the next couple of months till the June primary, and we make sure that we flip the board and the elections, we choose a Democratic majority, um, then that board gets uh, takes office January of next year. This court hearing and this lawsuit will most likely continue all throughout the year following the regular, regular process and because everything is just taking longer in the justice system. There could be a chance that this map and the, the redistricting process comes back to the county board. So it really, really matters who is at the county board to decide whether we take this on or not. Because the county board, even if we win the lawsuit, they could appeal, you know. But if they are saying people, they could say, okay, let's do it now, giving fair representation to citizens. So this June in the primaries, we get to decide most of our county seats. So Count supervisors, district attorney, sheriff, uh, judges, clerk recorder, uh, counties, countywide offices. Uh, the only reason they go to these offices go to a November election is if there's more than two candidates going for it, and there there aren't more than two candidates. There are only at most two candidates. Some some offices only have one person. For example, right now, 
we don't know if anyone is running for district attorney against the incumbent in that, which is horrible. We don't know if someone's running against Sheriff Parkinson. We don't even know if Sheriff Parkinson is running. I've heard that he's not running. So we don't even know if we have a sheriff candidate. Most likely will be Parkinson if no one else is running. So all these offices will be decided this June. Not a lot of Democrats, not a lot of people, not a lot of voters know the importance of the primaries. And this is this is why it's important. Who's going to be making decisions on your if you ever have to go to a trial? Those judges, we're going to elect them in this June. Who decides if they're going to gas you at a rally like they did, uh, you know, year or two years Not ago? Not funny, but that's literally exactly. like what it came down to. These are really lived experiences <laughs> in yeah. County, Texas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, if we get someone that's better than Parkinson, maybe we won't get gas. You know, these are like the real repercussions. Gas, of literally, g- literally gassed or and gaslit. Gas, gaslit, yeah. Which is yeah. equally as dangerous. Yes, yes. Um, who um, who decides what kind of energy, what kind of, uh, what kind of services you receive, what, what kind of voting model, what, if you get vote ballots or if you get early voting or not, that gets set at the county board level. Um, and so... These June primaries are extremely important. If they were important before, they're even more important now because that redistricting map, there's still a chance that it doesn't become our new redistricting map for the next 10 years. Slow County Citizens for Good Governments have been able to raise almost, I believe, $400,000 by now. And they're going to continue supporting those legal efforts. But you have to show up to vote. I mean, donate if you're if you're able, but you have to show up to vote. There's absolutely no other way around it. So if you're listening, si está escuchando, tiene que votar, si ciudadano mayor de 18 años, a registrarse ahora mismo. Um, eh, los mapas de, uh, de nuestro condado dependen de su voto. Así que el, 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 si votamos o no votamos por los, diez años, los siguientes 10 años, ¿dónde votamos? ¿Por quién votamos? Depende del voto de ustedes, es que a salir a votar. Sí, todo esto es muy importante. Creo que también, Rita, uh, if you've been looking to shift careers or you really feel like a calling, it's never too late to go to law school. It's never too late to become never. a sheriff. Like, guys, you do <laughs> not need to be boxed into something, right? Because I think yeah. we sometimes sell ourselves short that mm-hmm. we, we can't reinvent ourselves. And I just feel like, yeah. You know, what is it going to take for us to have more attorneys so that they can run for district attorney, right? What is it going to take to to take up these spaces in these important roles that do have so much decision power of allocation of money and resources? So just keep that. If if this is your sign that maybe it's time for you to go back to school, to to start a new career, hey, this is your sign. We need you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you are a lawyer in San Luis County, and are thinking that uh, you can do more for your community, run for district attorney. <laughs> yeah, run. yeah, if you are in, are you your police officer, you're involved in the sheriff's office, run for sheriff. Believe me, Sheriff Parkinson, when he ran, he was not the brightest match in the box, but he won. Um, 
And he's the one that was like, uh, actually, I have a post-it here of what he said. So I wrote it when I heard it. Uh, like two years ago, he went into this Tea Party meeting and he said, this idea of systemic racism, I know there is racism in this country, but I haven't seen it. That's exactly what he said. He had never seen systemic racism. That's the sheriff that we currently have. He has been pushed and pushed and pushed to accept that there's systemic racism. He was like, bring me the data. People brought him the data. People showed up. People made him uncomfortable. People, and this is the thing, guys, where I feel like it's it goes with the Aubrey case. It goes with what's going on right now. We have an opportunity to step up and say, okay. You're, you're telling me that systemic oppression does not exist in Slow County. Okay, let's let's get a committee going. Let's have people sit down. Netta Perkins being one of them. Shout out to Netta Perkins. Yeah, a pillar out. in the Black community in Slow County. Yeah. Uh, she was there making uh, Ian uncomfortable. It's like, let me have you step into my world that I'm uncomfortable every single day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and it really pushed Ian Parkinson, which, you know, to, to be fair, he didn't have to, he didn't have to put this out. And, and I, I, I would like to believe he said that from a, from an ounce of being genuine, right? Cause I, I know the team that was around him, that mm-hmm. all those people did have the best of intentions to, to acknowledge and say, Ian, let us give you the data. Yeah. And then read that. What did he say? Cause he changed, he changed a complete 180. Well, yeah. With, with the, with, I should correct myself with a statement, right? Yeah. I still yeah, want to see yeah, action, yeah. right? With yeah, the, yeah, yeah. With the statements, yeah. literally words. But nevertheless, I mean, we're he, not yeah. We're not saying that Sheriff Parkinson is now out there on his horse. I'm pretty sure he has a horse. On his think, horse. You know, he definitely has a with that Black Lives Matter flag or you know, saying, yeah, you know, systemic racism <laughs> thing. He's not out there. He's not out there with a the flag yet, but um, he did post it on social media um, that systemic racism is a thing. So, but that's what we're dealing with. So if you are a police officer and you're like, I can do better than that, please run for sheriff. Um, if you're a lawyer, please run for district attorney. If anything, just to give a contrast option to the horrible district attorney that we currently have, then that was the worst. I would say that I can get at the two if 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 anyone wants it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's horrible. He's horrible, and he's going to be up in the ballot this June. So these June primaries are extremely important. Please, please tell your friends. Yeah. So next, um, and there's only a hundred days. Um, now, people, other people have confusion between the primaries and the November elections. The November elections, again. If there are more than two candidates for offices in June um, and none of them, that's the other part, and none of them get more than 50% of the vote, then they go to the November elections. But if they do get 50% of the vote, then they're just, and there's only two people running or there's still only two people running, then they get, they don't go to November. November, we have a whole different set of offices that are um, added to the ballot. And those are the city level and school board level, um, and so that's the difference between November and June. They're meant to, I think that I think I don't like June primaries, but I think they're meant to, um, split the amount of races that are going to be on the ballot. And there's a bunch of other things that go into the ballot in November, like measures and stuff. Uh, but 
speaking of school boards, Yesenia, I know that a lot of things have happened in Pastoral with School Board since our last episode, and I wanted to get an update from you. Definitely. So much has happened. And today with Chicas Politicas, I'm seeing a theme about people stepping up and speaking out and moving through action, right? And there, there was 14 months of heavy lifting of saving a school, Georgia Brown, the location. And it, it was really interesting to read that because in Oakland, it's, it's, a, it's a common theme we're seeing in the country and in California as well, where there's this consolidation of schools. And unfortunately, when we're talking about closing down a school, it's being, it's happening at your low-income BIPOC neighborhoods, which mm-hmm. disenfranchises so many people who are already struggling. And that's exactly what was happening here in Paso Robles. And mm-hmm. after 14 months of consistent showing up via email, uh, physically showing up, calling, organizing, getting parents to show up, local businesses, mm-hmm. uh, you know, coming together as a community and being extremely vocal to say no school closure it paid off. Guys, this is yes. paid off. We won. Woo. We did it. We absolutely did it. And it brings me to so much excitement to have been part of a process, seeing it from start to finish. Wait, wait. Being part of the process, I would say <laughs> leading the process, leading at the front. Thank you, Thank you Rita. At the and front I- with like a, a, a school, how do you say it? Like with a armor in front of you, oh like with goodness. a machete, just like clearing the way and fighting yes. everyone. <laughs> we didn't we didn't know what we were up against, Rita. I, I will admit I, I believe was, that <laughs> I was so naive. We went in, we went in, and I, I will never forget like even you calling in. I mean, we really thought we were we were talking school closure, but mm-hmm. it, it, it you know, and then we, were being told we can't talk, we can't speak in Spanish. Yeah. Finding out that there was no Spanish representation of parents to even yeah. be part of this decision to not have Spanish liter- uh, literature available to parents. And the Spanish translation sucked. Still, still. And mm-hmm. it's just wild to me, Harita, that, you know, our, it, it's really exciting to be in 2022 and see people, you know, we, we're not invited to the table. We're, we're not, you know, they can't even send an invitation in Spanish, but it's okay. We have other people translating the invitation, happily paying to print that invitation and going Dang. out to the community and passing out that invitation. And you know what? Yeah. That's okay. You, you can't make it to the school board meeting. We're going to find other people that can go to the mm-hmm. school board meeting. And we're going to record our own school board meetings because that's not even being shared on any sort of platform from the district. And um, we will show up with our own table and chair. And that's basically what happened for 14 mm-hmm. months. And I will, I will totally be transparent with you. The process that, that this district made us go through made it to a point where their complete intention was to break us, was to tire us, and was built for us to give up. You were like Kelly Clarkson. You were like, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. And so I'm here reloaded. Yes. And guess what? It paid off. And had had I not gotten involved, had PPA not gotten involved, 
we know that school set would have been lost. They probably already would have broken ground into it. And it's really wild too, Rita, is I find myself with this common theme is that as people of color, we cannot wait for our allies to save us. We've mm-hmm. graduated that that phase yeah. already. <laughs> I, I truly feel the reason why no school closure was successful is because it was Latina led. Mm-hmm. It was it was someone from the own community that can say, "Look, mm-hmm. those translations are not appropriate." Where mm-hmm. where are the Hispanic parents? Mm-hmm. You go out to the Hispanic parents. Uh, do you know this is happening? And when they tell you that they have not been invited, that they have no idea, that's the reason why I feel in my heart we were successful because it was personal. It was mm-hmm. about our gente. It, it was has about to be personal. Mm-hmm. Right. And and you know, so many times, and you've been there to be gaslit, to be told that mm-hmm. we're being too emotional, that we're mm-hmm. being bullies, that we're this, we're that. Once again, I I hope people are emotional mm-hmm. and if this district cannot accept the fact that people are allowed to be emotional because you're dealing with people's children. Mm-hmm. These are people's babies. Mm-hmm. This is, this is a space where children go to flourish. And when you have hurdles to make it far more difficult and it's going to impact people, whether or not they have accessibility of education. That's literally what was on the table. Accessibility yeah. of education, accessibility of information, equity and resources, because we know that this is not happening in Anglo majority neighborhoods. This yeah. is not happening in affluent neighborhoods. And it was attacked and attacked to like identities, right? Like straight up direct uh, attack um, by more some some board members more than others but overall from the institution in itself right like it took time to realize how in, how much of institutional racism there was in this school board um and it's scary because currently we're dealing in this county and anyone that's listening outside of our or county or outside of, of california you might be seeing this as well, where there's only one school board that you're aware of that is passing, like in this case, Paso Robles, critical race theory bans, or that it's uh, being investigated by the Justice Department, <laughs> you know, like all these things that are happening. But the scary thing is that come November, if we don't come out and vote, if we don't run for office, if we don't put in the work to get the people running for off- good people running for office elected, we might have more school boards, just like Paso Robles School Board right now. We might still have Paso Robles School Board the way that it is. Um, there are seats open the, for November. You can still run for office if you're listening to this and you live in Paso Robles. You can still run for office for November in anywhere you are, anywhere in this in, in the country. Uh, you just have to do the work right now and. You have to know your community and you have to be out there doing the work um, from now, February, or it's just not going to happen. And that's something that we were talking offline of how um, concerned we are about the November elections and how much work is being put in right now to flip that school board, um, but also the work that needs to be done. So it doesn't that doesn't happen in other school boards, because we know that right wing groups are attacking school boards and are targeting school boards. Uh, to get their QAnon followers, their Trump followers in there and start passing all these ridiculous 
bands that we're seeing in Texas and Florida and in Paso Robles. And now the whole country, Rita, the whole country. I mean, yeah. it's it's been wild. You know, Paso Robles School District has made, you know, Fox News. We're there. We yeah. literally made Fox News last week. <laughs> and it's, it's We literally did. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's not the first time either. And I'm like, I'm really curious to know their point of contact over there. And it's and it's really what what makes it hurtful, Rita, is, you know, a, a lot of that being gaslit from the right from the right wingers is to say, oh, you're pushing a liberal agenda. You are, um, you are, you know, being too aggressive or you're bringing politics into this. No, y'all are really, and I don't, I'm not into like the pointing of the fingers, Mm -hmm. but like, let's look at the facts. Let's let's look at the evidence here, right? Mm -hmm. You say you don't want to be emotional. Okay. Who, who is the man behind the CRT ban? Mm -hmm. Let's look, mm-hmm. let's look at who Chris Arend is. Let's, yeah. let's look at his friends. Yeah. Who who are his friends? Yeah. Most the superintendent, yeah. uh, Brad Kapowski, his his friend who's running the finances of trying to close down a school. Yeah. The cronyism of it all. It's very <laughs> disgusting. It's so yeah. disgusting. And it's like, you know, um, and, and I really hope. And it's not just our opinions. Like you just Google these people. And read what they tell the media. This is not what we hear from them. This is not what they what we know they're saying in private. No, no. These are we're making these comments based on what these men are putting out in the media, and they're okay with putting out in the media, right? Like superintendent wrote something about standing against the NWACP and, and you know standing against other black uh, groups in the community. And saying how they're just driving this uh, pretty much socialist agenda into the uh, school board. Chris Wren, you know, pushing for the critical race theory ban and throwing a tantrum when he couldn't pass it the first time. Right. Um, these, these are these are people that continue to put themselves out there. And just like in the Ahmaud Arbery case, continue being super racist out there loudly. Um, not knowing that at some point their words are going to be used against them to prove that they have racist behaviors and they need to stop. So it's not just our opinion. Yeah, and we're living in such different times too, Rita, where it's like with with all of these wins, it just comes to show that our voices do matter. I mean, being, being a Latina and being in the forefront of the movement of no school closure And to see, like, I hope my community gets empowered and inspired because we're not stopping here, right? And I think that was the the point I was trying to make, that in the midst of all of this um, polarizing of politics, which is really crazy because school districts should not be political, right? Like, this is is why this is very dangerous, is that in the meantime, um, specifically with Basarola School District, our kids are not up to standard when it comes to reading, writing, or math. Okay. Yeah. So education is really going in the back burner in the back seat. Yeah. And that's, that's dangerous to me because everyone loses, right? In the midst of yeah. the circus, we're not focusing on where COVID money should really be allocated and make sure that these kids are being supported, right? And yes. when I say these kids, I'm talking about all kids, all students. Yeah. And and that's that's so I always have a problem when people say, well, this shouldn't be political, because in my opinion, everything is political. And whenever someone says this shouldn't be political, there's a reason why you don't want to make it political. And 
now when we call something political we are saying that it's something that is polarized even though that doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily a synonym of politics in my opinion but that's kind of how it's it's used um but i 100 agree with you that if one thing would be if these the the students would have high levels of education. They had best transportation, best uh, food available to them, best programs, best um, centers supporting their their development and their well being. You know, they, if if we have that, and then you become political on top of it, hey, maybe maybe that makes sense. Maybe there's some philosophical uh, argument that we we can go into and like what kind of education we should be giving based on you know whatever. But we're not there. We're not there. The, what there there are political and there are polarized arguments and policies being brought into the school board, leaving behind, like you're saying, the basics of what the school board should be doing, which is caring about students and providing them the best resources that they have. And especially in a school board that has had issues, like financial issues in the past, right? Like there are no, there are no position, should not be in a position of going into these like critical race series arguments. But you literally could not manage your budget a couple of years ago, you know? So do your job. And then if you do everything right, maybe, maybe there's room for going into the philosophical conversations of, of race and things that you're not even teaching uh but yeah yes. no it's so it's, 2021 was was crazy but 2022 you're seeing some wins that's good yeah we're seeing wins and I think it just comes to show of being I mean consistency wins the race right you have yes. to be consistent and I yeah. always tell people look um I'm gonna have a very transparent moment right now I saw many people have the luxury to sit out and not speak up while they saw mm-hmm. people struggling, while they saw the community hurting, while others um, did the heavy lifting. And that's not okay. That is mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. not okay. This, this type of work takes on a uh, emotional toll, a mental toll, mm-hmm. a physical toll on us. And to me, it's, it's one of those things. If, if you had the luxury to sit out and, 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 and today still be confused about what's happening in your own backyard, then you need to wake up. You mm-hmm. need to go and splash some cold water on your face and say, mm-hmm. damn, I have a lot of privilege that I get to sit out. Yeah. I have the and, privilege to not participate. Right. And for everyone that, and I totally get it because this was a a huge, many, many conversations with many, many different types of people. If you felt nervous to speak up, if you feel you are not a a public person, if you, if you just didn't have the time to show up at a school board meeting, okay, I, I will accept that. But now what I do need you to do is show up to the polls and bring 10 people with you. Yeah. And I'm asking you for 10 because I know you're not going to come with 10. You might come with three. So I have to ask you to do more so that we can at least get to a comfortable zone. And it's, and it's funny, right? It's totally funny, but let's be realistic. I know people I'm, I'm in the work of knowing people. I I know who is who. So, so we need you to show up. Okay. I need you to bring your neighbor, bring your tia, abuelita. This is a 2022 energy, everybody. Yes, this is, this is- yes. We're not, we're not playing games. <laughs> we're not sending best thoughts and wishes and prayers. No, I'm being really, really realistic. Yeah. 
I, I know what I'm working up with. Next episode, we're going to call you out by name. <laughs> yeah, we're going to call you out by name. Can you imagine? Um, but yeah, it's so true. It's like for all of you that would tell me, I feel frustrated. I cried hearing that. I am so oh, upset. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, use all of that because there's yeah. so much material to work with. We can make a whole documentary. We can make a whole like telenovela. Yeah. Okay. HBO. It, it, this is this an HBO documentary? Right. We could totally do all of that. But I think I would, I would, what I ask for the community is to channel all of that frustration into voting results. I literally was told last week that Latino voices are not heard because we don't show up to vote and that Mm. people in power didn't want to entertain Latino community because we don't show up to vote. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I told this person, you're absolutely right that we don't show up. But also keep in mind, we're dealing with community and this and this is this also echoes with black community, Asian community, all these queer community. We don't show up for many reasons. Mm -hmm. It's hard. And this is this this was a huge challenge for me, Lita, in the last leg of this of this, you know, situation with the no school closure. Trying to convince people to still show up when it didn't look good. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, getting them as parents to show up. Yesenia, why do you want me to show up? They don't care. Their decision is already made. And I said, guys, you still have to show up. We're not mm-hmm. done yet. Mm-hmm. And it just comes to show that, you know, community organizing is very powerful. Coming together collectively is powerful mm-hmm. for us to, um, you know, let others come in when others are mm-hmm. tired. Mm-hmm. It's important, um, but you know, there's there's a lot of beauty and there's a lot of I have a lot of hope. So in my in my silliness and and being realistic and all of this, I am very hopeful, and I I really am excited for these upcoming elections. Um, is it everything that I want it to be? Absolutely not. But I think that's the reason why you have a vision, right? We know it takes mm-hmm. years to for things to come into fruition. And so yeah. if you, if you've been looking to get involved, guess what? We need you. We needed you yeah. a month ago. We needed yeah. you two months ago, but it's okay. You're still coming in at a good time. Yeah. 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 And if you're listening to this, you probably um, agree with at least part of what the things that we're saying. So uh, find a campaign, a local campaign, find a local issue, attend your local uh, city council meeting or school board meeting Um Pay attention to what's happening in your area. Uh, find a club that you can join um, and get get start registering voters. Start uh, sharing that there's a primary elections coming. Wherever you are, there are primary elections coming, and there are a lot of races happening in the primaries, and you need to come out and vote. Um, here in San Francisco County, we have our June seventh primaries. We're gonna remind you from here till the pri- till June seventh. Let about a hundred days left. A hundred days. It's like nothing. We're going to the two digits. Um, so we gotta do the work now. Um, and yeah, we'll continue reminding you. So we'll talk about new things next episode. This was a really good recap of what has been happening. Congratulations, Yesenia, for the wins in Paso. Uh, I think it's a huge win also at the county level with redistricting and how um citizens became organized super quickly. Citizens are probably were not organized before. So 
just like it's happening at the school board level uh, and at different levels, we're only getting more and more organized and um, we're mobilizing next. So June 7th primaries, we're coming for you. Anything else, Yesenia, you'd like to say? I just, um, I just want to, I think it's important. I was on a call the other day, Rita, and so many of those, the folks that were on that call, these are all movers and shakers, community organizers, mm-hmm. leaders, people that go so hard for the community. And they were all echoing the same message, which was, uh, the question was, what is your wish for 2022? And it was really humbling and to hear everyone say, okay, I want rest. I want Mm. to be intentional. I want to take in the moments. And I think it's so easy for us to move so fast Mm -hmm. that we don't take a step back or a pause or rest to really acknowledge that, you know what, we're really doing this thing. We're really making change happen. We're really doing the heavy lifting. We're having wins, whether it be a small win, big wins, it's still a win, right? And I hope to everyone that is doing the work uh, that you do take the moment to pat yourself on the back. Echate las flores if needed. Buy your own damn flowers. Yeah. Um, and just celebrate yourself that yes. you are doing the work. The work continues. The work will always be there. There will always be new issues to, mm-hmm. to do. But please take care of yourself. Everyone yeah. is important. We need everyone. And most importantly, we don't, we don't need you to feel overwhelmed and feel unhappy. We, we value you. Um, and I'm just, I'm excited for this new year, just being uh, more mature, more stronger, having that, uh, the community organizer muscle more, more in tune. Um, and I see that a lot with so many people, especially mm-hmm. the Latino community, the black community, where mm-hmm. a lot of times we endure so much because we're naturally those type of people. Mm-hmm. We constantly have to be like, even when it hurts, we're still going. No, mm-hmm. we don't, we don't need to shed. We need, we need to shed that toxic perspective of our culture. Mm-hmm. So yeah, take your win, celebrate. Yeah. And thank you for listening to uh, this podcast and this episode. Please share with your friends, um, celebrate your friends as well. And let's keep pushing this uh, movement from a joyful, happy, restful perspective. Um, take care of your friends and fellow activists so yeah we'll talk next episode thank you so much Yesenia so happy for 2022 so much work ahead but also like you said rest up so we'll talk soon bye everyone